Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to uh, part two of Hardcore Listing with Chris and Stu and our very special guest, uh, Mr. John Kennedy from Radio X. It's. Pa- Can you just sing that a bit quieter, please? Thank you. John Kennedy. All right, Chris. Hello, mate. Right. Uh, John Kennedy will be counting down the second half of his top five Christmas records, and there's so don't don't stop. Just keep fucking singing. But do it quieter, Brad. Sorry, guys. Jesus. It's really really distracting. Please. I'm trying to be concise here, um, because John Kennedy was really concise and professional and. Yep. Can see why he's a bit of a legend, really. Yeah. Look, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm struggling to concentrate. To be honest with you, Brad, can you shut up, please, mate? Honestly, be quiet. One fucking thing. Just sing some Christmas music. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't laugh at him. I'm making him on. Stupid boy. This has got weird. You're not getting any Christmas presents from me this year. <laughs> Enjoy part two of Hardcore Listing with Chris and Stu and the broadcasting ledge that is Mr. John Kennedy. Love it. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. I'm just still feeling quite good about hearing that song, to be honest with you. I've got a smile on my That's face. That's brilliant. Um, the, ne- the next one's the one that I'll, I'll, I want to talk to you about mm. like, um, quite quite a bit, because well, do, you, do you want to introduce number yeah, three? Yeah, yeah. Um, so and we'll play a bit of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, um, for many people, there are Christmas songs that are sacred, and there are certain people that make Christmas music the... Um, moving and emotional thing that it can be, you no, know, and and that, you know, could be anybody, but you no, know, it might be Elvis or it might be, you know, Wham or you know, some people have such strong associations with particular songs, and when they hear particular songs, they really feel moved, and um, you know, they they kind of set set a benchmark, and nobody else can come near, and that's I think one of the reasons why we end up hearing those songs again and again, and kind of ruining, you know, that that mm. magic, and for me. Um, this is such a moving song that I can't believe um, that more people aren't talking about it. And this artist is is such a great artist that um, she deserves much more attention. And there mm. is, you know, there are people who who worship at her feet, yeah. and uh, there are, you know, she is very very well regarded. But she doesn't uh, get the kind of um, attention. Uh, that she deserves, I think she, she's kind of in ob- obscurity, really, um, and she shouldn't be. And and th- and this is something I stumbled a- upon, and really, I only got to hear this, even though I was aware of her work, but I only got to hear this song because of the word Christmas. So I bought the album that this is from. Uh, the album is called Christmas and the Beads of Sweat, and the artist is Laura Nairo, and it's not even necessarily a Christmas album. It's just an album of music. But it closes with this amazing song called Christmas in My Soul, which was written in the late 60s. It was a response to the times. The Vietnam War was going on. Um, she was reacting to that. And the sad thing is that these words still ring true today. There's an, a, 
an amazing resonance and an outpouring of emotion over seven minutes. Mm. Um, but it's so powerful. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Play some. Do you know what? I'm going to be honest. When you first sent John's list over and I was silently cursing that, you know, number one wasn't like Mariah Carey, um, it took me about three minutes <laughs> to really... Song. Yeah, That's it's an absolute yeah. banger because it probably is my number one. And um, it probably took me two or three minutes to s settle into this song and then I was like, oh, cracking. Wow, this is this is one hell of a song. I've the, got to be honest, I was totally different. Really? I, I'd, I'd never heard of Laura Nairo. Um, and... Within about three seconds, the voice just cut through, mm. and it's got all the kind of beautiful parts of Carol King and Joni Mitchell and everything that mm. I love of that era. And I just thought straight away, like, like I did with their role, just went in, and I thought I need to hear more. And and I don't know why I've never heard of her. Um, we've we've heard her songs. Uh, a lot of her songs were covered by other people and yeah. and made successful. Um, she released a series of albums in the late sixties and early seventies. She ducked out. She decided, right, I've had enough, and and you know, lived her life away from music. Yeah, away from music. Yeah. Um, which is such a shame. Um, I mean, she is as great as Joni Mitchell or mm. as as great as Carol um, from that era. Um, but maybe she didn't play ball, you know, like with yeah. some of these things. Uh, maybe she didn't fit into a, a, a pocket easily. No. Um, I mean, she had, particularly the first couple of albums, have a, a more accessible approach to them. Yeah. And that's probably why other people were able to take those songs and, and make them very successful. I did um, think she was in a relationship with Jackson Brown. Yes. Um, through touring together. Yeah. Um, but um, I think she had some success with the. Uh, of the version of Up on the Roof. Um, but it was just one of them voices that, I don't know, just, just moved you straight away. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what was your introduction to her? Like, what, where's um, a good place for anyone that oh, is feeling really like question. I'm feeling right now saying, I need to um, more of this? Soul Picnic, and that's her song, isn't it? Okay. So um, that would be a great way of starting, yeah. really, I think. Um, and it's not everybody's cup of tea. Mm. I mean, that particular song is a song of many movements. There are many... We've just heard the opening part. It builds and builds and, and mm. goes pretty crazy, as quite a few of her songs do. Um, but I find it so powerful and so passionate and, and so articulate. I think she's mm. really able to articulate her thoughts mm. um it seems from what i've read that she was also somebody who always had a, a vision she always yeah. had an idea of what she was going to do and i think that might have also hindered her in mm. terms of 
of uh, of how she worked within the industry, particularly yeah. in that era. Mm. She was able to write and produce and record um, all her stuff. Um, and she worked with some amazing musicians, but she would want that room to be all candles. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she would want to record at certain times of day and you had to be ready, willing and able to do that yeah. when she wanted to do it. And it, I don't think it, she was trying to be a diva. I don't think she was trying to um, be fancy. It was just she's such an artist that that's how, yeah. how she, she got inside she, the music yeah, and yeah. wanted to perform it, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I think people were in awe of her, you know, her arrangement abilities and, and, and things like that. Um, but, yeah, there's no handy... I mean, there are some compilations. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. What's the best way? Just go and buy... I, just, I mean, the, the thing is, you can buy Christmas and the Beads of Sweat for about three quid, yeah. probably, from FOP or other uh, yeah. retailers that sell these things cheaply. And, and she was signed up by major labels. Yeah. You know, she, she was going to be one of those artists that was going to be the next yeah. uh, big thing. I mean, she's so well-respected in so many different circles. She's Definitely inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, she really by because um, uh, she wrote for Barbara Streisand, I believe she wrote with Carol King, right? Um, and um, I'm trying to think who she wrote for. She, like literally worked with some some huge names, and and I'm just kind of annoyed that I I'd, I'd never kind of heard of her. But the good thing is, and um, um, what I love about doing these top fives, John, is sometimes uh, we had Mark Moran from S Express. He did mm. soundtracks, and his soundtracks were just outfield they were ones we didn't expect come in and it was brilliant because it opened us up to a bunch of new music so whilst it is like oh how did i miss that it's also a mate what, what it's a door opening isn't it? it's a door opening yeah. and that's what i've always loved about music is you can find something that's contemporary or something that was written yeah. 20 30 years ago and now you get to yeah. enjoy that mm. you know that yeah. the newness of it too in your sensations so mm. yeah yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I mean that that is great, and I, I love the way that you, 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 you know, I only sent the, the list yesterday, but you've yeah. already tapped into it and researched it even better than I have, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there is a debate. I, I'm never quite sure. I say Nairo, but it might be Nero. Um, I'm not quite sure. I keep yeah. reading different things about it. Well, I phoned it. her up last night to yeah. check. Nairo. <laughs> she passed away about 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, he's clairvoyant. Chris yeah, is clairvoyant. Yeah. Um, what we also do, John, with, with, with a lot of our guests as well, is um, we, we've got a little Spotify channel, and so we'll put up like as many of these. Some oh, of these aren't probably going to be on well, Spotify. Well, because something I... I mean, this is... I'm hoping that this will kind of galvanise me into action. I keep meaning... Every Christmas, because uh, I've put together Christmas mixes and stuff, of uh, putting them up on Mixcloud or somewhere mm, like that yeah. so that people can listen to them. Yeah. Or creating Spotify playlists yeah. of my favourite Christmas yeah. music or Christmas music that I want to yeah. highlight to people. And I keep forgetting because obviously, you now I have the radio outlet. So yeah. come December, I start playing Christmas music. I try and um, hold it back until December <laughs> because I feel you can't play it yeah. Uh, yeah. before then. And and quite a few years, if I'm broadcasting over Christmas, I put together special Christmas shows. Um, and some listeners really enjoy this, which is mm-hmm. fantastic. The last few years, I've tried to make sure that I'm off at Christmas time so I can be with my family. Yeah. Um, so that means those special Christmas shows that I've put out on Christmas Eve or even Christmas Day don't necessarily exist. But yeah. if I put together the Spotify list or put together the Mixcloud mix, um, then people can access it. And I, and I feel <laughs> that people would enjoy this. And I, I feel that, you know, that people should get to hear it. And I, I kind of feel uh, lazy because I guess I might be a bit lazy uh, that I haven't really done this. And I, I would... Uh, I've always kind of wanted to to put together Christmas compilations of the the more obscure new bands that mm. have bothered to write new songs. I and think it's a great idea, songs. and um, no. we, we'd shout about it, mate. Not that you probably need our help, but yeah, I think that'd be fantastic to hear your mixer and your your cool. uh, playlist. Of that. But you know, maybe you know, Stu's showing the way, and I should a Spotify mm. playlist would be quite quite yeah. easy. Let's do, let, let, let's do it. I'm just picturing. The kids running downstairs to open their presents <laughs> on, on, uh, on, on Christmas morning. And, what, uh, with, with this and, next and, song playing? And, and John's about to drop uh, <laughs> his next selection. Um, do you want to introduce your next one, John? Sure. I, I think, I mean, you know, I don't know whether you have listened to this one yet. But I, I have. Mean, yeah. the, the band yeah, yeah. are Suicide. And, and it's weird because I realised that I've got two out of five tracks that both hail from New York. And yeah. it isn't necessarily that I think of New York as, as Christmas town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just <laughs> pure coincidence. And again, in some ways, this song and this band are representing 
other things. So I could have gone for Lowe or I could have gone for Sufjan Stevens, who yeah. I think both have recorded some of the most beautiful Christmas music, music you'll ever hear. And luckily, they have now become well established and people know Lowe and Sufjan mm -hmm. for their Christmas music. Um, and now especially Lowe generally always do a series of Christmas shows at mm -hmm. some uh, uh, place in the world. Um, but Suicide are a band who are, are so groundbreaking and innovative mm -hmm and um, have made some really extreme in-your-face music and have um, put on some really extreme in-your-face shows. Have you seen them? I have seen them play, but only in the 1990s. I only saw them um, probably early 2000s. Mm. I think I saw them. They were either supporting... I hope I get this right. It might have been... No, it, it was definitely Nick Cave. I, I, I saw them support Nick Cave. Um, and I walked in midway through their set and it took me about five minutes to work out what I was watching because it was just insane hard techno with a guy in a puffer <clears throat> jacket and a woolly hat and sunglasses just screaming and I was just thinking what on earth am I and I just thought that's Alan Vega and I thought I'm watching Suicide and then had I not do you know it wasn't pleasant and it, I didn't think it was good either. Um, however, I'm familiar with their previous works and I do know there's lots of stuff by Suicide I like, but mm. what I saw that night was quite Spun you out. unbearable you, to you, listen to. You said, John, that also they could be quite extreme or whatnot. What did you, when you saw them perform, what sort of things did you see at their live well, shows? Well, um, it was a similar kind of thing to Stu's experience in some way. I, went to, I saw them at the garage in London and this was kind of a slight revival that they were going through and it was kind of extreme... Um, I wanted it to be extreme. Um, I think they've also made some of the most beautiful music. Mm. And I think that it's interesting because Alan Vega passed away fairly recently. And it made me really go yeah, back. I, I, and, I, bit, I spoke to him yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's because you're clairvoyant. Um, and it made me go back and listen to a lot of things and, and play a lot of them on the radio. And something that really uh, came through when you went back and, and listened to especially some of their more obscure songs was, was how far ahead of the game they were, but also how some of the things they were saying in the late 1970s and, and into the 80s about America and about... Uh, I mean, one of the so songs says, America, America is killing its youth. And that kind of theme ran through a lot of the songs that they, that they created. And time and time again, they were completely on the money and still on the money. They were talking about uh, America and uh, the, 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 the kind of government stroke status quo of the states um, killing black people. And when Alan Vega died and in the news at the time were all these deaths of police gunning down mm -hmm. black people for no reason in the United States... Mm -hmm. It was thinking, God, you know, they wrote that song, they recorded that, and they performed that song in 1978. Or, yeah. And you just think, wow, and it's still happening. And, and, and these were two white dudes from New York City um, who were putting up their hands and shouting about it in as uh, violent a way as possible to kind of try and get people to wake up and and it was still and it's still happening today. I thought that is so sad, you know, that that is the it's case. It's just but not changed. When people keep saying, "Oh, it's so true today," oh, it's come back round. It's like it's not come back round. It's just not changed. Yeah. It's been. It might get spun differently in the media, but actually, it's, it's never changed. We're, we're still mm. in the exact exact same situation, and, really. And musically, like 1979 in in New York, no one was making music like that. There was some amazing music coming out of New York in 1979, yeah. which you know, most people are aware of that become huge, huge bands and, and, and artists. But Suicide were messing around with electronics and, you know, and it, and it was abrasive and it was, you know, it was jolting and it, it, it didn't, it, it didn't sit with what I, I deem as that kind of era of New York, what, what everything else that was coming out. I know they get kind of bundled in with them when they're, they're spoke about on, 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 I guess things like this and mm. music documentaries and that. But I think what they were doing was far, far more left field yeah, than com a lot of these completely. acts. And, that's, and it still sounds left field. And, yeah. and the weird thing is that they were doing it before a lot of those people. They, mm. they had come out of the hippie movement in a way. Yeah. They were around in the 1960s. They'd studied art a bit. They were looking for ways to express themselves. And they started this duo in the early 1970s. And, and so you had Alan Vega at the front in, in leather and furs with whips and chains, kind of almost trying to abuse the audience, screaming and shouting, and Martin Rev in the mm. background uh, with a really simple electric 
electronic setup. Um, but somehow part of what they were doing was tapping into the essence of rock and roll before punk had decided that that's what should happen mm. and and but transferring it to, to new instrumentation mm. so that that kind of violence that Iggy Pop was whipping up um, but played uh, instrument wise on a, on a little keyboard yeah. Yeah. no but some of those uh, songs like Ghost Rider or, or Johnny or you know are really just simple rock and roll tunes. Mm. And then you've got something more epic like Frankie Teardrop, which is you know, 13 minutes long and has Alan Vega screaming about this man who decides to take his own life because he cannot take it anymore, because he cannot support his wife and children, because he cannot get a job. And, um, you know, to do that is just amazing. And, and be that brave and um, that, that fierce and yet, at the same time, be tender mm. and um, loving and moving, which is the flip side to suicide. Yeah. You know, they on that first album, they've got a song um, to Che Guevara, which is really quite a sweet piece, and a, a song called Cherie, which is another love song. And you know, they were deeply political in some ways, but also naive and romantic as well. So, you know, Che... You know, has there's many aspects to his history and his his life, um, but they create this fantastic, moving, beautiful, romantic salute to him, um, and he was a figurehead at the time that uh, that they would have looked up to, um, so, so they kind of choose to ignore whatever you know downsides might have been to the life of Che Guevara, um, and similarly they seem to tap into the spirituality of Christmas with this particular song, um, and tap into that idea that whether you are atheist or whether you are spiritually driven or connected, um, you can still feel something. So that kind of something about the unknown, which is something about Christmas that comes to the fore. And whether you're religious or not, you can still be moved by it, just yeah. as you can be moved by gospel music, but not be uh, a Christian. And and I think somehow suicide, this band who is so extreme and 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 can shock you still in their forties and fifties and sixties, yeah. and and still decide to make the kind of techno music that um, will give you a headache and and drive you out of the room. Yeah. Um, no, no compromise at all. But at yeah. the same time, you know, part of what they do is 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 so deep and so spiritual. And this song is that I think. And yeah. I think when we hear it, you know, you can hear the warmth of the music that Martin Rev creates with his, mm. with his uh, instruments, and and the emotion that Alan Vega puts into every vocal he ever recorded. And I think it's really, really powerful. And and it's on a par with Low. I mean, I think Low have created some of the most beautiful Christmas music and some of the most beautiful music ever. Uh, the blend of their voices. Um, Alan and Mimi is just so lovely, and and there's a low song um, that I try and play every Christmas time um, that I could have gone for. Um, well, we can which put it on a Spotify playlist. Yeah, yeah which is sure. a it's a really um, moving, uh, you know, beautiful song called "If You Were Born Today." You know, which is about the idea of you no, know, if you if Jesus were born today, you no, know, you know what a, you know would he have the same effect? Could he still? Have an effect, you know, that, and and just the idea that he was born into chaos. Then yeah. he's born into chaos now, and and we kind of need a savior, whether you believe in a savior or not. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I think suicide do the same with this with this song, which is "Hey Lord." What I should say before we, we play the track as well is the fact that um, John has bought a seasonal CD wallet here, which is a, a red <laughs> CD wallet. It's got the seasonal red, full of like. A shed load of Christmas tracks. Yeah, there's about 30 CD compilations. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, some have got duplicates in them. Um, it's red. Uh, that was a bit of luck. Um, I bought it years ago in Sainsbury's. It was on the, the kind of, <laughs> let's try and get rid of this. So it was like a pound yeah. or, or something. Um, but I, I, I'd quite like another. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK. So let's, um, play a bit. let's have a listen. Even the drum machine is emotional, I think, yeah. you know. When did this one come out, John? I'd say in about 1980 or 81. Mm. It was part of a, a Christmas compilation called the Z Records Christmas Compilation. So Z was a, a label set up by a French guy who was enamoured with the New York music scene. 
and um, so he signed up all these bands from New York and gave, you know, approached others to from New York to, to make music that would get released on, on Z. So um, the waitresses put out uh, their Christmas classic uh, via Z, I think, and um, and Suicide did actually two Christmas tunes for the Z Christmas compilation. Um, but this is is the one um, I think. Um, I mean, it's kind of bonkers, really. It, you know, it's got those funny noises in it, but I do find it really emotionally powerful. And I think it's the pace of it. You, mm. it it's not. It doesn't have the up tempo of, of most Christmas um, songs. It's, it's a lot slower. It's a lot, but it feels a lot deeper. There's a lot. There's a richness to that as mm. well. And it taps into the idea of Christmas time. You know, that is a thing, and we're told to love it. Some of us do love it. It can be a terrible, painful time of the year for many people. Um, but we like to give thanks. Okay, so I can't invite you over. Uh, for Christmas, though, John, if you're going <laughs> to play that, um, is it's that... interesting. I mean, it, the, the idea that I play this music to my children um, <laughs> is, is really that's, interesting. That, that's what I've got in my head: is they come, they come down to open their presents, yeah, and really... they're grateful for whatever they get because um, you know you've got that song playing. It's really tricky because you know I, I want them to love this stuff, yeah. and and I do share it with them, um, but I have a terrible uh, habit. Of, of I like extremes, so I might put together a mix and it might have something really beautiful on it, and I think that is really beautiful. Hmm. Um, but but uh, say Laura Nairo or Lucy Rose and Ray Morris are, are probably better examples. But um, but then I like it when you know Spore puts his I want to fuck a reindeer and, yeah. and and it's one of those things where you put these mixes together and think oh actually that's really difficult playing it out because I know that Spore's going to come on in a minute and and some people are going to be really offended yeah. and they will want to walk out of the room and obviously you can't play these things uh, to to kids and 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 some of the you know part of the beauty of of playing with any genre and playing with any assumptions about any. Uh, particular topical songs or topical musical themes is that you you want to play it and turn it upside yeah. down so there are loads of great christmas songs which which do that and have loads of swearing in and and um, amusing for that yeah um but at the same time uh yeah, it's a time and a place <laughs> so as a, as a, obviously as a music lover and as a parent how old are your children uh, i've got a 15 year old and an eight year old okay um so how do you with, with with music, because my, my children are, are fourteen and twelve, and and they're starting to listen to music more and more and more, and and a lot of stuff they listen to, I, I think is garbage. But when I was twelve, I was listening to what I guess was garbage. Um, do you try and influence what they listen to, and what you know, what what is, what, how do you see your role as a, as a parent when it comes to new music and stuff like it, that? It's really tricky. Um... No, because you do I, it to the you do it for the nation. Yeah, <laughs> you know you, you expose the nation to all, all this new music, and then but actually when it comes to your own kids, it's, is it a funny way to approach it? You don't it, want to be too preachy or put put. Them yeah, off. it's really tricky because I know people who right, you know, my kids are listening to the Smiths, you know, and, and uh, my kids are listening to the Ramones, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. That's what we're playing, and and in many ways that's brilliant, and they grow up listening to those things, um, and love it. You know, um, I had that exact. It's so weird you mentioned the Smiths because I'm a nut for them and I love them. And the kids have always wondered why I've got Smiths words tattooed on me. And then I was that. And I'm like, oh, it's a song. And they were like, okay. And then the other day there was, we went up to do this with Mike Joyce. And, uh, cool. and so um, we, we was, so I was just doing a bit of research. And, and they were going, why are you going to Manchester? I said, I'm, I'm going to go and interview like someone from a band that, you know, I'll really really adore i said it's the, the song that i've got towed and uh and they were like all oh, right can we can we hear it and and i was like yeah but i i chose to find a video because i wanted to show them like a kind of young morrissey with on stage when the crowd i put I actually put on first of all the first solo morrissey gig that was on the, the video they released and it's them him performing sister i'm a poet and it's just got that moment in about must have been 88, 89, when everyone's just flopping on the on stage, crowd. just yeah, trying to stage. grab him, 
just because it was the most stark image I could thought that, that, that I could see that my kids would kind of try and get the enormity of like Connect who her, this yeah. person is. And they just couldn't, but they were going like, why are they, why are they, why are they allowed on stage? And I was like, well, they're not. <laughs> why are they just, and I was like, they just want to, I guess like most kids will probably see One Direction or something like that. It's like, but they're grown-ups doing it. I was mm-hmm. like, no, I know. I was one of them grown-ups that just wanted to jump on stage. And, and I was just trying to, I guess I was trying to influence them a little bit and go, hey, go and, you should listen to it. It's brilliant. But... Then five minutes later, they've got Kiss on and they're listening to something that I just think, oh, this is awful. Mm. But they'll they'll find what they want to find yeah. the way they're going to find it, I guess. And I'm, you know, people always say, much as I'm sure they do, as I've just said to you, you're a DJ, you're you know passionate about music. Do you try and kind of steer them? Uh, yeah, around? it's tricky. I haven't really, uh, you know, my wife's a, a a a big music fan, and and I think we've just kind of taken the approach of if we want to listen to something. Um, then we'll listen to it, and if there's a reaction to it, there's a reaction to it, and if there's not, there's not. We don't necessarily force things mm. down their throat. I mean, because of what I do, I'm listening to a lot of new stuff, so I might want to take the latest album by so-and-so uh, in the car with me so that I can check it out. And it's difficult because uh, everybody's reaction has an effect on you. So sometimes when you do put something new on that you're excited about, um, and they all say, can we turn this off now, <laughs> then you, you kind of feel a bit disappointed mm. and, and sometimes you want to avoid that disappointment mm. so you st- stop yourself yeah. and don't you know uh, but sometimes you get belligerent about it and think well no I'm going to do it yeah. and you, you're going to have to put up with it if I'm going to have to play you know your stuff as well then you're going to have to put up with my yeah. stuff so so th- I like that kind of two way what's, what's yeah. the, is that the rule yeah, well, it's not really a rule, but that's you know that that seems that's obvious. That's just how it is. Yeah, yeah. Kennedy I mean, and obviously also. the radio goes on. We listen to yeah. a lot of the radio, and yeah. so um, you know we might have a certain station, then go to another station, and uh, you know, I mean, and that and it's kind of it's a very interesting watching and hearing their reaction to things. The Smiths is an interesting one. Yeah. Um, a few months ago, Daisy, who's my fifteen-year-old, she said, "Ah." Oh, Morrissey's voice makes me physically sick, <laughs> <laughs> and and I thought that was hilarious, yeah. and and I could kind of understand what she yep. was saying, um, but I also caught her singing Smith songs yeah. a, a, a few days later, and she was only singing one the other day, and she's yeah. I said to her, so what's the score? You know, do you like them or not? I said I don't know, I'm trying to work it out, but I, you know, I do like the the, the song. No, mm. I, the melodies yeah. are good. You know, I, I I sing it. It's kind of stuck in her head, yeah. and she's got she's got this great. Um, thing going on now as 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 so many people have which is because of um you know spotify apple itunes whatever you can explore things um so if you like a band they like so and so you can go and hear yeah. who that person is without much effort it's just yeah. a, a swipe and a, a click yeah. and and you no know, and she's doing that a lot and, and uh, you know i think that's great hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You can't force uh, anything. You can't force it onto people. People either they'll have people get the eureka moment, which is like with with any subject is 
you don't understand it until you understand the inner workings of it. And when the penny drops, you're like, oh, I get this now. I really like it. Yeah, I spent so four hours difficult. on the way to Manchester making you like the Smiths. Because I never really connected with them. Yeah. I, I, I first what was, what I was into NWA and Cypress Hill was the first real music that I was like, mm. <gasps> excited by. And now I child friendly. Yeah, child friendly <laughs> stuff. Um, and now I yeah I, I I like the Smiths. There's a lot of Smith songs that I do like. Um, but there were, there's been a long time in my childhood. Was like, I was like, no, I don't want that. But I wouldn't want anyone pushing it on me. You get, you eventually, you could with anything in life. If you, you can set an environment, you can create an environment that people have the opportunity to get into stuff, and that's the best you can do. If your, if your daughters and, and kids are in that environment, and then they pick something up and like it, and then they get into it, great. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a lot of wasted energy. Go, no, you, you should like this. It's, uh, it's not, it's not genuine either. I'm talking about family friendly music and Christmas. Um, I feel we should mention another fellow Essex lad, uh, which is our friend John uh, Malta, who uh, set up a campaign and got Rage Against the Machine to the Christmas top mm. spot. Amazing. Um, and that's now become a Christmas tune, which is really and, weird. And isn't exactly. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And uh, the, the enormity of that was, mm. was that the first kind of time that the public realised the power of social media's influence and... I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't know what's the Christmas number one since then, really. I don't. I don't the, the the Christmas number one thing is it still a, a big thing? I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I, I mean, all got it, tied it, into like X Factor and whatnot, mm. didn't it? It all become again. It was just this next level of, of that, co- f- turning music into a profit. But um, that was kind of one of the things that aided the enormity of the the rage campaign. Yeah, totally. Wasn't it? The it, was the, yeah, it was the antithesis to it. Yeah, of, yeah. You know. The, um, the X Factor off the top. Yeah. Uh, but but in a way, that's kind of what this is is all about. It's the idea that um, it, there's so much more to what could be a, a Christmas number one. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, why should it be something that, that pe- the public get led along Spoon a certain fit, way? Yeah. And if, if that's what you're exposed to, then, you know, and, and you, if, if you like it, fair enough. You know, and if, if you're only... Uh, chance to to come across new stuff is via saturday night tv um then you know you're going to have limited expectations and and, definitely and it's a shame um but that's and that's probably the where the 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 idea of educating kids comes in because you know that 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 programming that entertainment is aimed at families and it is a good watch with families no and you can all discuss it and and enjoy it in a in a certain kind of way um but because that takes up such a big space at a key moment yeah. in in people's schedule, um, then it has a, an overpowering influence, really. Definitely. Um, and that's you know, where people like John have done us mm-hmm. all a, a service because they put questions in, in a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. And definitely he would have tapped into uh, a, a groundswell of public opinion that was anti-X Factor. Yeah, yeah. But he might have also helped turn a few people who were kind of just in that world... Mm. And made them question it a little bit, yeah. you know, which is pretty cool. No. Absolutely. Um, so your number one is, I haven't ever heard it, and I've still genuinely not heard it. never heard it. Oh, um, you've not heard it? No, I couldn't find add it a, anywhere. Had a little, right. add a little uh, yeah. listen last right. night, like, like late last night on right. the hi-fi. Yeah, um, this is, I mean, this is un- unusual. So I mean, I love it. I <laughs> yeah. absolutely love yeah. it. Um, and really, I've been trying to highlight this, all of this song, all of these songs. Um, to say, yeah, there's all this amazing Christmas music. There are amazing artists who, who are making it. They've made it in the past. They're making it now. They will be making it in the future. And and um, I love it when your preconceptions are, are challenged. So years ago, when I moved into the house where I still live, um, I noticed that our next-door neighbours, um, who were kind of separated by an alleyway, but I noticed that there's a lot of music coming out of that house. And I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. Um, and we hadn't met them at that point. There's a lot of music coming out of one of the front rooms. And and it was a lot of dance stuff, a lot of trance-type stuff. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, we then got to know them a little bit, and it turns out that um, Steve uh, made trance music and had released quite a bit of trance music. It wasn't his day job, but he had had some success with it, and he'd had some big tunes in Ibiza and stuff that you know got released and you know got played around the world and, and you know, had little ripple in the world of trance music. Now, trance was one of those genres of music that I really had a, a problem with. Um, and there aren't many genres of music that I've had a problem mm-hmm. with. I mean, one of the things for me about uh, falling in love with music and getting involved with music has been constantly realising that what 
you disliked, you suddenly like. Mm -hmm. So it was especially during kind of early teens when everybody had to have an opinion about something and uh, you hear a few seconds and you say, nah, that's shit, I don't mm. like that, uh, it's rubbish. Yeah. And you had, and then you had to stand your ground and stand by that opinion. Yeah. Mm. And then you kind of realised, actually, I quite like it. And, mm -hmm. and then it, was, it became a big moment when you suddenly admitted that and, and you changed your mind. Yeah. And sometimes that wouldn't matter. It would be like, oh, yeah, of course, no. Of course, you, you, you've changed your mind. But other times you get a lot of stick for it. And yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. you said this, you know. And that could still be said to you now, years yeah. later. Yeah. It's really irritating. But it made me realise you can't be so cut and dried about things. And so many songs, so many artists, so many genres um, that I had to turn my back on were opened up to me because I suddenly realised, no... I'm wrong. Like I was. I was There's really pockets of joy there yeah. as well. All yeah. of a sudden, it's like, oh shit! Right now, I've changed my, um, recalibrated my ears, as it were. There's all these new artists that I can actually get this huge benefit out of. You know, new emotions to really and, experience through music. And you'd moved in next to a trans producer. <laughs> well, this is it. Yeah, no, but this is interesting. You, you started so, shopping at no. Cyberdog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see you in Cyberdog, John. No. Yeah, yeah. Well, th this is it. So anyway, we got to know, know them. Um, I mean, I, I guess an example is is now I, as kind of growing up in the eighties, and I was really into the two tone bands, and and I really liked Scar. I thought Scar mm. was brilliant, but I had a problem with reggae. It was slower, and it didn't. I, I was a you know energetic teenager. I wanted something to jump yeah. up and down yeah. to. And then you know, I remember. Um, that when Sweetest Girl by Scritti Politi came out, and it was only available on a German 12-inch, you know, from Rough Trade Germany. And um, I remember hearing it on John Peel and falling in love with it. I thought it was like one of the best songs ever. And and it's not even a reggae tune, but it has a, a reggae feel to it. And it made me think, oh, I really... And, and I started to... The word girl. No, the, the, the Sweetest Girl. Sweetest Girl. Yeah, it's quite yeah. a slow song. So The Word Girl's another, yeah, another that's one of those songs. Reggae yeah, that one, yeah. that's reggae tinge, that one. And yeah. it, The Sweetest Girl was kind of that transition. So so uh, Scritti Politi did a kind of post-punk stuff, and then they were slowly morphing into a kind of pop band before they released Absolute and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and The Sweetest Girl was part of that transition. And But it, I don't know why, but it helped open the door to reggae for me, and I became a big reggae fan. Um, and so Steve, my next-door neighbour... Um, kind of made me think again about trance. I'm still not a big trance fan, but because he was making music and making his music and I would hear bits of it and um, he put together a Christmas song, a Christmas trance tune. And he, they, he came round with his wife, Sarah, and it's like, oh, well, I want you know, to check this out. And, um, and I was actually really surprised. I, I thought, oh, my God, what could be worse? You know, <laughs> two, two of the potential... Um, you know, nightmare genres being put together. You know, people's idea of what Christmas music should be mm. and trance music, you know. But trance music is ultimately just club music. And and obviously any genre has um, aspects of it that are part of 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 music in general. So, yeah. you know, it has builds, it has breakdowns, mm -hmm. it has things that, you know, it can tug at your emotions. And, um, and so does Christmas music. Yeah. And so Steve, I think had ended up creating something that you know, um, transcended genre and was a dance number that felt celebratory and joyous that made you think, it's Christmas, <laughs> the kind of thing you want to play just after midnight on Christmas Eve at the party, at the club, and make everybody think, yes, we're going to have it, even no matter what circumstances they're in. Forget it. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have a brilliant time and... Um, I'm gonna have a fantastic Christmas. It's, it's and amazing, make it my number one. A, amazing synopsis because that's how that's the vibe I got when I started listening to this last night. And like you, John, trance, trance, and happy hardcore. I've been a fan of dance music my whole life, um, from hardcore breakbeat, hardcore drummer bass, jungle, and trance and ha happy hardcore. I just can't get with it. Um, but there are the odd tune, like you say, I, I really like. And and this one's it's it's pretty zany. But that whole Okay, let's party! <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna get that now. It's, 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 it's sugar snow. Oh, yeah, no, no, it's Sorry. sugar snow. No, I don't need to. Yeah, it's Thorn, uh, and it's sugar snow. Thorn is Steve's surname. Okay, it's an amazing title. Phillips, ready. <laughs> I've got some glow sticks here somewhere. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's what I would yeah. like ECT. Yeah. It takes a little while to get there, but but you were saying um, trance. A lot of the what the samples they use it isn't what I'm accustomed to, so I don't enjoy it as much. But the the process of how that record is written is not much different to any mm. drum and bass tune you'll hear. It's just it's got a slightly different tempo and a, a slightly different choice of sample. It just it does build and it kind of peaks and there's this bit where he goes come on come on that's it, that's it's Christmas <laughs> and, and you know that and you think that's the bit where the champagne falls <laughs> yeah, pop it, yeah. and, and everybody goes crazy and and you know when I hear it and I have played it many sorry, times sorry Junkie just sit down and put your shirt back on now <laughs> <laughs> I know sorry just I couldn't resist dance <laughs> for the last two I mean I think one of the things that's interesting about it is because Steve actually sings that and on some mm. of the other tunes he'd, he'd put out you know it went down that familiar trance route where you get a female vocal and you know it might be a nice vocalist and but he decided to sing that one himself and I guess you know without too much disrespect he's not necessarily the world's greatest singer but I think that lends it a, an emotional quality that yeah. is really powerful, and it, and it ties into Theatre Royal or, or to you know, all these other, say, indie bands who are, you know, they're just putting their uh, thoughts and emotions in, into music. And um, I, I, he released that, so it was it was released. It was an exposure big one, a, a tune of the week at, at Christmas time, and I played it loads, and I've played it every single Christmas after. I think it came out in two thousand and four or something like that. Um, but it's not on iTunes. It's not readily available. Yeah. And and it should be because it gets an amazing reaction. I mean, there's quite a few listeners I have to the show who um, start requesting it come December. Um, people from different parts of the world even. Um, and, you know, they are a little frustrated because they can't get hold of it. Yeah. And Steve moved away. I don't, I don't have his address. and I don't, He doesn't live that far away. But I kind of need to bump into him in the street to yeah. to, to tell him, look, we should sort this out. And yeah. and you know that idea I was talking about earlier. If I were to put together a Christmas compilation, you know, this would definitely be yeah. on it. You know, the yeah. idea that you know you could have cross genre compilation, but it would be all linked together because of Christmas. Yeah. And also the idea that more people could hear this because I'd like to think that it's not just me and a few others. You know, that handful of yeah. of people who think it's good. I think it's really good. I, I I don't see why it couldn't be a Christmas standard or couldn't be. Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the Pogues, but it couldn't be alongside yeah, yeah. the Pogues mm. um, as another side of, of Christmas music yeah. that people could enjoy and, and, you know, get down to. It's yeah. a jump-up Christmas party tune. And like yeah. you say, the bit, because uh, the, what I heard, I didn't hear the full track. So I'd heard more towards the, as as, as it dropped. And, it, it, you know, he, he was hyping on the mic, basically. <laughs> it really is. It does get you in that in a party mood. Um 
I mean, it is funny because there are, I mean, you get reggae Christmas compilations, you get ska Christmas mm. compilations, and there are dance Christmas compilations. Mm. People t- t- tapping into that idea that, oh, let's come up with a theme and let's put something on that they can almost put on in the background and it'll be Christmas music. And, um, you know, you, you, I do like the idea of uh, a, a techno tune techno christmas tune and but it's really hard to pull off and do it well and and somehow carry uh the emotional impact that christmas music i think should carry um and that doesn't mean that you can't be funny or can't be silly mm. but um i mean and some people have done it and done it pretty well so a couple of years ago corsair records put out a little christmas compilation um corsair's the label run by idc who's put out a lot of uh, stuff over the years, and there was a, there's this group called Doppelgangers who did a version of Deck the Halls. That, um, wait, that, that's Craig. Is it? I, I, I don't know Doppelgangers, but it's it's uh, it's Craig and Tony. Um, uh, when I first started Club XFM, way back when, Craig was was the resident DJ. Tony's from Southend and DJs nights with bait and wow. stuff like that. Doppelgangers, like dance, yeah, kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah. They're from they're from um, Billericay and Fantastic. and Southend. Yeah, they're local lads. Well, I was <laughs> tempted. They did a brilliant version of Deck the Halls, which is kind of like uh, it's almost drum and bass, and um, it's just great. It rings a bell, that John. You should check that out. I mean, that's really really good, and and that could have been included, but in, obviously Thorn is is more personal, and it's different again. It's the idea of challenging uh, preconceptions. Yeah. But I mean, I would recommend if you want more Christmas club music, then Double Gangers, uh, uh, they're your boys, and and um, hopefully, you know, we've expanded people's horizons a bit. I, I'm so you certainly expanding mine there, John. Blown, you know, I'm blown it, away it, it by the fact has... that you actually listened to these things and and explored it further. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going in on Lorinara. Yeah, uh, that's that's my purchase. So, um, suicide for me. I, um, I'll be diving into that because you, you're familiar with them. I, I wasn't, mm. and um, I heard that and I thought that's pretty cracking. That yeah, it um, doesn't all sound like that, mate. No, <laughs> that's but, okay. Um, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of a, a band I used to listen to. I haven't listened to in ages. Um, thematically, GGFH. You ever heard of those guys? They're really no, crazy. Like Global genocide. Forget heaven. They're really dark it's all songs about murder and whatnot a strange electronic band that um i think they stopped in the in the mid 90s mm. and suicide give me that sort of vibe but it's it's good but it's definitely not for everyone's palate mm. um and suicide like for everything you said uh, how they they've challenged sort of um conceptions of music and production of music and the themes that they were writing it sounds very much like that so i'll be diving into suicide yeah. for, the for first certain. the first two albums are masterpieces yeah, yeah. right okay um, thank you so much yeah, for coming, coming No, thank you so for cool. inviting me. I mean, it's interesting because we mentioned um, about the children and, and playing music, and, and what you also asked me about you know, what other top fives I might have had. And one, one idea that passed through my mind was top five compilations <laughs> of music. Okay. And obviously that's just so big because it would cover a, a lot of tracks and we couldn't play them all. But it, it, one, I was, would probably have chosen Nuggets, the, the kind of classic yep. uh, garage punk album from the 60s. It's as um, my number one for that because it's a go-to put you in a good mood yep. and I love every single song on it but it's interesting talking about sharing music with children I thought right no I, I want to you know, put this in my kids lives because these songs are really simple and straightforward and everybody should should know them and love them it's almost like a, a blueprint for what possibilities you know, sure. for, for rock and roll and I was playing it you know, I played the Nuggets compilation on a trip down to Devon and um, I realised that there are no women on the album. Um, there are a lot of uh, kind of hackneyed, uh, kind of come over here type girl lyrics yeah. to the album. And I'm thinking of my 14, 15 year old <laughs> daughter in the background uh, kind of hearing this. And I'm thinking, well, she, maybe she's probably not going to connect to that. <laughs> no. It sounds really old fashioned and really dated. But I, I still find it a joyous experience. But it, it made me really question it in that context. And, and, and I ended up talking about it to, to Deb, my wife, about it, and she's saying, "Yeah, there are no girls on that, are there?" So, and it, it's, it, it kind of disappointed me because I thought, ah, maybe it's not as good as I thought. Even though I think I kind of had this idea that you put nuggets in any situation, and it, you know, it starts it, the, yeah, yeah, it starts yeah. the party. It's it's, a, it's an all time classic, and it, it is. But you know, you can't necessarily hold on to those things for so long because you know the questions need to be asked. You know, well, oh, a lot of hip hops like that. I mean, yes. it has always been like oh that. Oh, my God, yeah. But that, yeah. You know, a lot of my girl mates listen to some of the most misogynistic hip-hop tunes. And um, it's strange because a lot of my girlfriends who very, very, you know, uh, she, 
extreme feminists and, and really support the feminism movement, they still listen to it, and then a lot don't. It's a very strange thing that where art and where that boundary begins and ends, and where they just go, well, yeah, I know, but I'm I'm not expecting them to be the forerunners of progressive thought, and actually, I still think it's kind of a cool tune to actually others, other uh, my other friends, male and female, Pip would be one of them, being like that's just a bit too much, and yeah. I don't like it, you know. So. Yeah. In regards to Christmas and compilations. Um, still my favourite compilation album ever is now that's what I call music the first ever one uh, and I got bought that uh, for Christmas uh, when I got my first hi-fi when I was a kid and to this day I could tell you the track listing back to back <laughs> and it was the first album as well it was gatefold and inside it had pictures of everybody chart placements and that probably was the first thing that got me involved in lists because I was obsessed with chart placings and I was obsessed with what these people look like and just how you could go from Karma Chameleon to the Rocksteady crew mm. to Love Cats, you know, and, and hearing all this and, and Double Dutch, like hearing all this different music and that album to this day is probably my most treasured album. Yeah. It's certainly not the coolest album I own by any means, but that album was my introduction to to buying records, to listening to records, to being a nerd for, that experience. for chart placings and God knows what. And, yeah, that would have been my, my compilation, definitely. Mine would have been bought for me for Christmas and, and celebrated around Christmas, which was... Um, well, I don't know if it's a compilation. It is, but it was a, it was effectively a mixtape. It was Drive Bunny and the Master Mixers. I don't know if you guys ever remember yeah. that. Yeah. That was crazy. It was really well put together. It was all in time, all cut together. I don't know who was the DJ on it. That was marvellous. I was about nine. And wow. uh, yeah, that was that was one. That was my brother's. Record. I remember my brother just getting that one Christmas, and obviously by then I'd, I'd found Morrissey, so I was like, "God, this!" But yeah, it was on loop. My mum and dad were twisting in the front room to that. <laughs> wow, uh, John, just quickly, top five things on your Christmas dinner. Oh well, well. God, I didn't think about that. Well, yeah, um, I've thrown in a curve. And, and yet, yeah, you know, just to say, it's all about the gravy. You know, it's all about the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's a special um, thing, gravy, isn't it? You yeah, gotta... I mean, I like stuffing and uh, roast potatoes and roast parsnips. Yeah. You know, um, you got one more uh, sprouts, sprouts. Sprouts, I like yeah. the sprouts. It's not you... making my five. I, I like a sprout now. Sprouts with uh, bits of bacon mm. is, the, is the way yeah, forward, yeah, mate, honestly. Have, yeah, still not making my five. <laughs> What's in yours then, mate? Um, probably I'll just go for uh, potatoes twice. <laughs> <laughs> Rice tats, the gravy. The, you got to have a secret recipe for gravy. John, thanks so yeah. much for today, mate. Thank it's you really for asking. For, and I know it must have been really hard for you to pick a five um, and when it involved music. So, yeah, we're, we're really thankful for it. And, uh, and Yeah, personally, man, for giving yeah. us some new tunes, as, as you do. So and, cheers, mate. And, Thank and have you. a happy Christmas. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Merry, Merry <laughs> Christmas, everyone. But honestly, this is October, we're not even at Halloween yet. <laughs> <laughs> but so chuffed to be here. Thank you for asking me. Cheers, oh, thanks, mate. mate. Cheers. I just asked him to sing a fucking jingle, Chris. Don't stick up for him. He just fucks me off. All he ever does listen. is fucking... No, 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 you fucking listen. It's not it's, right. No, no, shut up, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to do another YouTube video. I'm mm. going to do another little Facebook video. Mm. That's all well and good. Sing a fucking jingle, you prick. That's all I fucking mm. ask. And what's he do? Uh, it just fucking puts us off. It's, it's not, not on, mate. It's not professional. He works with images, not so much with sound, mate. you got to give him a break. All right? Fuck that guy. Brad, I'm sorry you had to say that in front of you, mate. <laughs> I'm tired of you pushing me around. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T R Y L I F E M D.com.